Hi, and welcome to the Changes Ahead podcast. Giving space to the often unheard questions, doubts, hopes, and challenges facing the church in Aotearoa, New Zealand. I'm Stephen. And I'm Kathy, and we invite you to join us as we imagine the changes ahead. This was a really energizing conversation, but also came with quite a challenge. And one of the things that stood out for me was the conversation around unpacking our measure of success and that we don't realize it is so enmeshed with our culture and that culture of consumerism. And so the question of sustainability, we don't even, that doesn't even enter into our thinking. So there was this real call to be countercultural and ask the question, what does it mean to count the cost? Yeah. And for me, I, I really love the way that Chloe links the great commandment to love God, love neighbor as self to this issue of creation care, of sustainability, of doing all we can to address the climate crisis. I haven't heard the link between those two things being made before. And so I think when it comes down to the question that sometimes gets asked within church spaces about why do we even care about this, she's just nailed it and just said, well, look, this is a part of the Great Commandment. So let's hear from Chloe. Chloe, welcome to the Changes Ahead podcast. It's so great to have you with us. Yoda, thank you so much for having me. I really yeah, stoked that I have been invited to have a conversation with you guys. Yeah, we're really looking forward to hearing a little bit about your passions and what life looks like for you and and what changes you would love to see in the church to see it thrive more. But before we get into that, would you tell us a little about who you are and what life looks like for you? Yeah, cool. Who am I? Oh, man, what a a hard question. (laughs) Um, Well, I firstly can tell you kind of where I'm involved in. I feel like that, that tells you a lot about who you are as a person. So I study at the moment. I'm at university. I'm studying business. So I'm majoring in management and then doing a double minor, first minor, social and economic policy. And then my second minor is in sustainable enterprise. So yeah, really passionate about what I study. And that's been awesome. I love to youth lead. Um, I have an awesome set of youth that I get to journey alongside. My job is I work for a local organization called Tawahi at an op shop, which is really cool. And they do some awesome work in my local community. Yeah. So that's kind of my, my job. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm passionate about Jesus. I'm passionate about learning how to follow him and learning how to be uh, an active Christian in my community and learning how to love people well, uh, mm. I think is something, yeah, I'm passionate about. Cool. So you've mentioned a little about your, your study and there's sort of three different areas that you are focusing on. It sounds like a lot to hold in, in your brain at once and trying to, to navigate it all. What's led you to diversify like that? To have not just a major, but two minors. What led you on that pathway? Yeah, I have always really been interested in in creating change. I feel like I would call myself quite a passionate person. And I feel like I have a lot of interests in quite a lot of areas. And so I think my thing was like, how can I study as many things as possible? (laughs) And that combination was it. So that's kind of what I went for. Yeah, I'm quite justice focused. I, I would say I have a passion for for seeing Jesus's justice done. And I think that plays out in what I study. So social and economic policy, that's an awesome way that we can be creating change. And then sustainable enterprise, looking at how we can be more sustainable within our businesses, within our economies. And what does that look like? So I think that also takes another justice lens. And then management, that's more the practical. How can I get a job? 
dot 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 yes yes because that is something that I do need to consider in my studies sadly (laughs) yes you still need to live don't you yeah 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 basically (laughs) you talked about Jesus justice what does that mean to you Or, or how would you describe or define that yeah Jesus justice I think for me Jesus justice looks like caring for the poor the oppressed the marginalized and I think linking that into what I'm studying being passionate about sustainability I would say sustainability is a is a key people issue mm-hmm. um, my care for sustainability and looking after the environment comes from my passion for people and comes from my passion for seeing people thrive God's people thrive and I think when the planet thrives people thrive and therefore my love for the planet comes from my love for people mm. So clearly your your faith is driving this passion. Yeah, 100%. You've just talked about that. But why is this so important for your faith, yeah, as, as a, a person of Christian faith, to be focused on sustainability and, and trying to address uh, the issues of, of the climate crisis? Mm, yeah, so I think, yeah, that's kind of diving into the, the topic of being in a climate crisis. And, and I think, you know, if maybe if you're listening and you're like, what the heck are they talking about? Yeah, maybe just quickly giving a quick rundown of what that is. So like when we are chatting about climate change, we're kind of referring to long-term shifts in temperatures and weather patterns. And when we're talking about climate change, we're reflecting on these drastic environmental changes. So we are in a situation and our our world is in a situation due to years of exponential non-renewable resource use since the Industrial Revolution. Our planet has changed really rapidly. You know, we are experiencing... Our climate heating, we are experiencing rising sea levels, we're experiencing a range of climate catastrophes. And I think if you basically just look on the news, it's very clear, we can see the state that our environment is in. So I think that's a really important to acknowledge that like our environment is changing at a really rapid rate. And it's really important to understand how we as humans have had a role to play in that. So that's kind of a side note. Going back to the question, like, why do I care about sustainability? Why do I care about the climate crisis? Yeah, earlier before I said, I care about people and I care about them mm-hmm. thriving. And I, you know, as humans, we rely on our environment. We rely on all the resources it gives us. We rely on it for our shelter, our food, our air. We are just so dependent on our environment and this beautiful planet that God has given us. So I think it is important to acknowledge that when our planet is doing well, we do well. When our planet thrives, we thrive. And yeah, so my passion for the environment comes from, I guess, the whole, the verse, like, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, like, what does it look like to love our neighbors? And I would say love for our neighbor and like means like looking after and caring for our environment because when our environment does well, our, our neighbors do well, you know, not only do we do well, but our communities thrive when our environment is thriving. And Also, if you look at the climate crisis, the people that it's actually most affecting and the countries who are most affected by the climate crisis are the some of the poorest countries, which is really sad. So the climate crisis is only exacerbating the economic and social inequities that we're seeing within our world. And so, you know, as Christians, we're we're called to care for the poor and the climate crisis is directly kind of worsening the conditions that some of our poorest nations are in which is really sad. And and often the the countries that are actually least contributing to the climate crisis that are having the greatest effects. So man, the inequity there is, is huge. So I think, yeah, 
again, caring for our environment is caring for our brothers and sisters over in other countries, our brothers and sisters that are experiencing these climate disasters. Mm. Yeah. I've never heard it linked to the love your neighbour as yourself before. That's really helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love that too. An ethic of love, that that is what motivates us. And that's at the heart of our story. It's the heart of what Jesus does. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So maybe if I could take that phrase love and, Mm. and talk about, you know, it is often when we love and care for something that we will do something it motivates us to want to be involved. And so maybe we could talk a little bit about that as a frame, a framework. Because mm. we'll look after what we love. And so how do we encourage that? How do we stoke that? Well, like, for example, mm. as a community, we're trying to get out to our local areas and mm. taking our kids with us yeah. so that that love is yet encouraged while they're young. And because then as you grow up, hopefully what happens is you'll look after what you love. But if we're not connected to it, if we're disconnected. Yeah. 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 100%. And I think that highlights like practices of being sustainable. Like what does it look like to be sustainable in our everyday lives? What does it look like to connect in with our environment? And I think as we practice sustainability, we connect and we grow a love for our planet. We are a lot more aware of the things happening around us. We're a lot more aware of nature because we're we're having to focus on it. Yeah, growing up, my parents had such a deep love for the environment. I, I think, you know, there's some people who connect really strongly with God through nature and they were definitely them, you know, on the weekends, they'd be out gardening and just, I think, seeing their love for the environment and then their nurturing of the environment really kind of instilled that within me. And I think Christians and non-Christians get this sense of awe when we look at our mm. environment. Like often I look at the sunset and I'm like, man, that like the God who created that beautiful sunset with the, the most stunning colors also created me. And I think there's that, wow, like God, you are so so amazing you intricately designed these plants just the the systems and how interdependent the systems and different landscapes are on each other like I think it's just it's such a testament to God's goodness and I think when we're operating out of a place of love for God and love for his creation I think naturally we begin to care more and look after our environment and that kind of flows into our, our habits and our practices mm. And so what are some of the things that you do to help you live sustainably? Yeah, totally. Well, I think on the individual level, some of the things I try to do is use public transport, getting to uni. It's also a lot more easier, a lot cheaper as well. Our flat tries to compost. Um, We have a local community garden and they do a composting system there. I love to op shop. I work in an op shop, which is awesome. Yeah, so I've, I've, I've really enjoyed op shopping. The fast fashion industry is a huge issue, producing tons of waste per year and consuming a lot of water. There's also interlinked with ethical issues as well. And so I think op shopping is a great way to reduce our environmental footprint. And yeah, those are some of the things I do. I, you know, simple things like bringing your reusable grocery bags and using a bamboo toothbrush, like, you know, all those ones. You can just search up on Google ways to be sustainable and there'll be hundreds upon hundreds of small alternatives that you can be doing in your everyday life. My biggest thing that I I focus on is not doing it perfectly. 
like we're not going to mm. be able to do it perfectly but I think it's important to acknowledge that like if we want to see change we need to be the ones to do it like yeah mm. that whole the whole phrase of be the change that you want to see and I think I can sometimes easily fall into kind of this like space of like passivity being like you're not doing anything so why should I change you know and I think we get caught into this cycle of like really becoming stubborn in our ways but I think if we come from a place of oh man I just so deeply love God and love his creation and I want to love people better and therefore I want to make small changes in my everyday life to help be more sustainable to help our environment I think that is what is important I definitely don't do it perfectly there are days where I'm like no, I do not want to use public transport. Simply not. <clears throat> I will be taking my car. And and that is okay. I think it's just like, it's just about doing it. It's just about starting. It's about doing the small things that we can because we actually do hold so much power when we actually, I guess, get into a place of em- empowering ourselves and others to actually just make small changes. And I think you're speaking to a really powerful message that we just need to try. You know, it's so yeah. easy to think, that my little bit won't make a difference. I hear lots of people talking about that. And it's so easy to get discouraged and to think, well, can we actually make any any real change? Mm. And I wonder if we could maybe just talk around that, around, you know, you could easily sit in the being really pessimistic. Yeah, totally. Or we could sit in the idea of well, what can we try? Because if we don't try, then, yeah, we're definitely going to have uh, no planet. Yeah, totally. I think one way that actually like really encourages me, I'm like, let's say if like all of my friend group decides to use public transport, like how many emissions can we be we'll be saving? You know, like if we all said, ah, oh, you know, my little bit isn't going to do anything, we're not going to see any change. But if we all said my little bit means something and is important, we will see some crazy changes. You know, I actually remember, well, I I used to be vegetarian for many years because we just being aware of like the effects that the agriculture industry does have on climate change. I just decided vegetarianism was a good option for me in that moment. And even from when I first became vegetarian, there wasn't actually many alternatives within like tofu. There wasn't many meat alternatives within supermarkets. But then over those three years of being vegetarian, I noticed more and more people became vegetarian and you could see that there became a whole lot more of options in the in the supermarkets, which I actually think is a reflection of where there's demand, there's supply, right? So I think that that is just like a small example of like when lots of people individually make that choice, we can start seeing changes. I think that highlights also that it is important to do it collectively. And I think as churches, we have such rich community. And I think that's something that we can really bank on. One thing that I noticed kind of it was during COVID, we had a a session with an online church just chatting about the environment and creation care. And we had someone come in from Arusha and talk to us about uh, why we should care for creation. And from that chat, I think a lot of us were really empowered and really encouraged. And we got a little email chain going and we were like, let's start like an eco group within our church. Like, what can we be doing? And it was really cool from just like emails. We got a group going and then we became an eco church through the Arusha program. Arusha works with lots of different churches to give them the resources, the tools to help make their churches more sustainable. And yeah, that was just really cool. As a church, we started doing some rubbish collections in our local communities. We got involved in community gardens and it was just awesome. Like we were 
not only able to build community, feel empowered as a collective, we were able to engage with our communities and kind of, I guess, smash down the walls of the church building mm. and be like, church is the people. Let's go out and do this together. And I think it was just a really empowering experience and it connected not only us as a church, but us to our community and also being able to meet the needs of our community. You know, we saw that there was lots of rubbish at parks and we're like, oh, let's go do something about that, you know? And I think when you do it as a collective, the problem feels less big. You know, I think being sustainable is being countercultural. It goes against things like consumerism, individualism, yes. uh, capitalism, you know, and I would say being sustainable is hard because it is counterculture. It is going against what society, I guess, drills into us, our need to consume. And so whenever you're doing something countercultural, it is hard and it is it, it can feel really lonely when you're doing it by yourself. So I think that's kind of where church comes in. That's when community comes in, because then we can actually empower and encourage one another while also keeping each other accountable. Yeah, I think in that shared experience, there's also so much room for discipleship as well. So uh, yeah, there's so many, I think, positive aspects that come out of going on the sustainability journey as a collective and as a community. My experience of church generally is that we haven't really been on the forefront of this kind of mm. work. But I can hear just in what you've described how actually this work could be transformative for our faith communities. Yeah. Do you have any insight as to why there might have been some resistance or or it's not been something that we've been so interested in as faith communities? Yeah, I think sometimes you can ask like, oh, what, how does this relate to us as Christians? Yeah. You know, and we don't actually have a solid why. And I think that's why it's important to be having those conversations of, number one, what's happening in our world and why as Christians should we care about this? And actually having those chats with our fellow fellow believers is really important to understand why should we care? And I think that when we have our why really solid, it actually sets a really good foundation for actually creating change and having, a, I guess, a bit more movement within the church. And I think you've already talked to and spoken to the why. The yes. why is about love for the other mm. and that God is actively concerned and involved mm. in us loving others. And obviously, we're impacted by how well we care for the world in terms of how well people are cared for. Mm. So I think you've really spoken really powerfully to the why. And I think that this is really challenging because it is challenging some values that we have taken for granted, and they're not mm. very Christian, but we've yeah. taken for granted like convenience. Yeah. I have the right to mm. convenience. Mm. And so that's why it's so challenging Whereas what we're saying, actually, no, it's about what does it look like to love one another and that it will actually maybe challenge some of my individual yes. rights. Yeah, totally. I think the reason why maybe it's been quite hard to see change within the church and to actually see change within our societies, like why is it so hard to be sustainable? Mm. Like when you actually look at like the deeper things that are going on, it's like, it's the things like we live in a fast-paced society. You know, we live in a society where we we want the newest thing. We wanna we wanna be looking good. We wanna be mm -hmm. like like what is our measure of success? You know, like we can really you. I think as you as you begin on the sustainability journey, you have to unpack a lot of subconscious beliefs that are actually wow. informing your behavior because our beliefs 
are the other foundation to our actions. So what we believe actually really matters. And so I think, yeah, having these conversations around climate change and why is it hard for us to change is actually really important. And I think that does kind of link into theologies. Like, what are we believing? What are we believing about our planet and our God that might be inhibiting us from changing? Yeah, so I think opening up these conversations within church is actually really important. Having disagreements is really important, although it is an uncomfortable conversation to be having. Like, oh, does this mean I actually need to stop buying as much stuff? Does this mean that I actually need to stop living quite an individually focused life? Maybe, you know, like you're having to ask some really tough questions and having to be very self-reflective and self-critical and it it is uncomfortable. Like being sustainable, being countercultural isn't comfortable. It is uncomfortable. And I think that's often why we want to avoid actually talking about sustainability and this climate crisis, because it means that we actually have to change and it, and that change can be really uncomfortable. But I would say that that change can also be so beautiful, so empowering and can actually connect us more deeply to our neighbour and connect us more deeply to our God as well. If we measure success on what we can buy and what makes us feel good to buy the new thing, yeah. then to give that up, that's challenging a very core sense of what makes us feel good. Mm. And we're going to have to change the measures of how we measure what is successful. Mm. But doesn't that just link into like, what jesus teaches like or our christian faith yeah like where are we getting our success from like what informs our success are we are we looking to the world to say that's what success is and i would say yes yes we are because we grow up in these societies no one like be gracious with yourself like it is really hard to not view your success as the job the new clothes the nice car the nice house and so I think when we look at that, we, we can go back to what Jesus says, like, where does our worth come from? It comes from him. Like, what is success? And I think we can find our success in who God calls us to be as well. Yeah. And it's being reinforced in all our social medias mm. that this is how you feel good. And, and I wonder if it's buying into why we have so much mental health, because if that's the measure and mm. you're not measuring up to it because you've got to keep having all these things. So until we actually open that up, yeah. until we start to really talk about that in our church spaces, we're going to be resistant, understandably resistant. But how good and rich will those conversations be? Yeah, how much more will we be able to like connect with God and who he wants the church to be? and who he wants us to be when we actually start uncovering those things that you're mentioning, you know? So it's like really cool stuff, you know, like as I was looking at like, what does it mean to be sustainable? I noticed that like on that kind of like sustainability journey and on that path, you're actually uncovering so much more, you know, like kind of what you're talking about. like What's driving us? Yeah. What is driving us? Yeah. yeah. Important questions, like so cool. Hmm. And you've kind of really highlighted something, I think. And and I'm wondering, how do you cope with the tension mm. of you're talking about a challenge to what we consume, mm. but you're also in doing business. 
Sorry, but how how do you sit with that? How do you sit with that tension? Because yeah, 100% great question. Um, (laughs) I remember all through high school, I like you know, I I was always like, oh, businesses, oh, you know, (laughs) oh, making a profit, oh, like I just genuinely like just just hated the the way hate is a strong word, but I just kind of everything about businesses that I saw and how they were being run was driven by, you know, greed, like wanting more. And I just, it, it was, it was just sad. And I, and I was just like, Oh, businesses, I want to stay away from that. I'm not going to have anything to do with them. And then I remember it was in year 13 and I was like, what do I want to study? And I felt God saying, because I hated that business so much, that's why I needed to go into it because I, I had such a, a holy discontent with how business was being done, that's why I needed to go into it. And instead of running away from the issue, I needed to kind of face it head on and actually be in there. And I wanted to, again, create change. Um, And that's actually why I'm going into business, not because I want to do it how it's always been done, is because I want to create change. I want to be asking the right questions and challenging some of the systems that we are in and some of the ways that businesses and our economy is being run. So, yeah. You mentioned the, the right questions. What are some of those questions that you would be asking as you head into business at some point in the, in the future in that way? Yeah. Some of the questions I would be asking is, is our, oh, it's really big questions. That's why some of us get to ask them, but is <laughs> like the way our economy is running, is it sustainable? And is it actually helping us thrive? Is constantly seeking profit mm. actually helping us thrive? Is this a good measure of success long-term? Mm yeah like oh i i love having i do have (laughs) such big conversations with like people in my classes and and my mates and and things i'm just like i think business can be done in a way where it helps communities thrive it helps our environment thrive it's not just solely money focused like i think businesses can can be huge change makers in our world and how can we actually get the most out of business where businesses like can I guess a measure of success for businesses and a measure of success for our economies isn't just about money, but but how much is that positively impacting our environment? How much is that positively impacting the outcomes for our communities and our people? You know, just like asking the right questions in terms of are we focusing on the right things and are we focusing on the right measures of success at the moment? So people and planet become the priority for yeah, if that's the starting point, right? Like then hundred percent. It's not about the the bottom line at the end of the month. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think we we constantly are focusing on economic growth, constant growth, but this growth is at the sacrifice of of our resources of our planet. So and is people. yeah, and people, yeah. right? So is this actually a great is economic growth a great measure of success? You know, that's a question that we I think needed needs to be asked. Um, and needs to be worked through. Yeah. As we come close to the end of our time here, I, I wonder, as you are on this journey of working towards sustainability, who is it that you're looking to for inspiration or or leadership in this kind of space? I think this is one of the few areas where actually it is the young people that are the big leaders. Yeah. I have been, yeah, so inspired by the action taken by like just like high schoolers and and young adults the, you know, lots of the different 
uh, climate protests that have happened, a lot of the petitions created and a lot of the accountability that uh, that has been made is because young people are taking action, are standing up and saying, I'm really worried about my future. I'm worried about my kids' futures. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about what this environment's going to look like for, for my future kids. And their voices have been really important in this conversation and a lot of change that we're seeing actually comes from young people standing up and using their voice. And I'm speaking about young people like it's not me. Like I am also a young person. I am I am still very young. So but I would just say it is like, you know, it is my peers and it is my um friends at uni, you know, like doing some awesome stuff. There was like a climate action conference recently that was run by youth for youth. And Man, just some of the stuff coming out of these spaces is just like extremely inspiring. And it is like the core of like activism Mm. and that we're seeing from young people. So very cool, very inspiring. I think we there's a lot to learn from the passion and change that young people are creating. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's logical, right? Like you Mm. you talk about the fact that you're thinking about kids but your, your kids, um, yeah. yeah. Whereas some, yeah, I'm in my forties. Yes, I've got, mm. I've, I've got kids. It's concerning, but it feels, yeah, mm. it's there's something about the passion of younger people uh, that are really concerned, and and so it strikes me again, and from a number of our conversations, how important the youth voice is in our church spaces, because if yeah. we're not hearing those voices, if we're not hearing those passions, those concerns, yeah. then. Of course, we're not going to address those concerns because it's not on our radar as as, as older people who are yeah leading. And, and I wonder why. Maybe that's why, like, we haven't been hearing much about the climate crisis and and these sustainability chats in the church because I would say majority of the leadership is is older, and I think often we are not creating enough space to listen to young people. And I actually think this is an awesome opportunity where we can be you know, maybe you're feeling passionate about this conversation, I would say go chat to some young people because they're probably feeling equally as passionate as you are, if not more so. For, for young people, like it's something that we can't ignore. This issue is something that directly impacts us and we don't have the luxury of pretending like it's not going on or yeah. just being ignorant to what's going on around us. We don't have that luxury, so it is something very important. So, yeah, I'd say in your churches, look for... Yeah, look for opportunities to give leadership to young people because I think they have some really important ideas, thoughts, and things that need to be heard um, and listened to. So perhaps as we finish, what are some of the some practical things that you could recommend for our listeners to do? You know, what could they do tomorrow, today even? Yeah, to take some steps towards being more sustainable. Imperfectly, as, as you said earlier, totally. but yeah, making that effort. Yeah. So I think I touched on some of like the individual things that you can be doing earlier, but I think, you know, it isn't just about individual change. It is about corporate change and governmental change. And so I think on a corporate level, collective voice is really important. And when we combine our voices and our want for change, we can create a lot of change. So I think we see that through petitions. Petitions, especially these days online, are so easy to fill out. They take, you know, two minutes. I I have the sneaky autofill that I click. You know, the Greenpeace petitions, I'm like, oh, autofill that one. Like literally takes me under a minute, honestly. And those are really important to show corporations and and government that this is something that the people want to be seeing. This change is something that we 
do care about. So those are really awesome to, if you see a petition that maybe someone popped on Facebook, give it a click, take one minute to fill it out because yeah, just even your voice matters in that. And if we all take time to do that, we can actually yeah, be re- encouraging and holding government and corporations accountable to be creating change. Another thing that I think is really important to be considering, is, especially with the upcoming election, look at how your care for the environment informs your political decision-making and informs your vote. The party that you're thinking about voting, like maybe yeah, take a look at what are their views on climate action, on climate policy? What are their policies around yeah, climate action? And how seriously are they taking the climate crisis? Because it's really hard to change as individuals if the, the systems aren't changing. And if the systems are making it harder for us to change, it is really hard to change. And if we want to see quick action that we actually need to be having in such a time, in such a like kind of a crisis that we are in, it is the government that can actually be fast tracking this change and be making kind of the the systemic change that we need to be seeing. So yeah, let your care for the environment inform your your vote, I would say. What about within our faith communities? Are there there little things or big things Yeah, that that you would recommend uh, to our listeners uh, to do within that space? Yeah, this conversation has got you being like, oh man, like I'm, yes, I'm passionate about this and I want to be creating change. There are probably other people in your faith community that are feeling the same, that are wanting to create change, but sometimes it feels a bit daunting doing it by yourself. So I would say, put the feelers out there. Yeah, maybe just, I don't know if your church has a Facebook page or something. I don't know. Um, But I guess put that interest out there and I think you'll be surprised about how many other people are also keen to get on board. And again, one way that you can do that is by forming like a a group and then through Arosha, which is an environmental organization that works with churches to help them become more sustainable. You can become an eco-church, which they kind of take you through this process and give you the tools and resources to kind of help you become a qualified eco-church, which is Yeah, looking at how you can reduce your carbon footprint, looking at how you can make your systems kind of within your church building more sustainable Um, as an organization, I guess. Yeah, they are really amazing at providing the support that you need to create that change. And then I guess it's the thing of you're not doing it alone. You'll have this. Arusha will be there to support you on this journey. So I would really recommend, yeah, getting together a group, seeing what different things you can be doing within your church you can be running events. Like there's an awesome opportunity for creating a change within your church when you band together as people that are passionate about creation and caring for our environment. And my experience of the Arosha and Eco Church Network is the connection with other churches who are doing the same thing as well, yes, which is really totally. They're really good at linking you into other activities that are happening in your local area and then also kind of like within your city, it's a really cool way to be like, oh, this is happening. Like, let's all get on board there. So they're great at connecting up different environmental events and initiatives that are happening with different churches. And one of the things that's really just struck me quite powerfully from what you said is way back at the beginning is just how much this work actually impacts discipleship and shapes us in the ways of Jesus. So I just think this is such a significant conversation and really want to thank you for for bringing your insights and and bringing your challenge and and bringing your suggestions as well to us in this space. And I just want to add to that the challenge is it is going to cost us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to be able to hold. And it's worth trying. Mm, mm. And love always is going to cost us. That's so good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Counting the cost, eh? Counting the cost. 
and, and, and picking up our cross mm. and following Jesus is costly. And believing it's worth it, that love is always worth it. So yeah. thank you for what you've given to us today and that we're continuing to have the conversation. Mm. And I, I just wanted to kind of end too with some ideas that have, I found really helpful is that what we're doing is critical yeast. It can sometimes feel really small, but mm. if there's enough critical yeast and we all do it together, over time it creates critical mass. And critical mass is when big change happens. So maybe let's just continue to be a part of the critical yeast. Mm, That's so good. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate that. It's gotten me thinking more and more. And I think these conversations are just super encouraging. And it's cool that other people are having them as well in the church. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Changes Ahead podcast. If that resonated with you, or you've got thoughts about the changes ahead for the church, we'd love to hear from you. So get in touch on Instagram or Facebook at Changes Ahead Cast, or email us at the Changes Ahead Podcast at gmail.com. See you next time.